you know, having said that, I actually have found that being more present, I carry far less stress. And so a tremendous amount of energy and, and vita- vitality has come into my life. Welcome to Music Teacher Wellbeing. I'm your host, Justin. And I'm your co-host, Wendy. This podcast is all about health, wealth, and happiness as a music teacher. We get it. Being a music teacher has its own challenges and stresses. So every week, we want to share our stories as teachers. But we also want to talk to you and open up discussions about the common problems we deal with. This podcast is your weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to take your music teaching to the next level. Let's Let's get musical. Welcome to this week's podcast of Music Teacher Wellbeing. I'm Justin. And I'm Wendy. And I'm Matt. Great to have everybody on today. I've got a, we've all got a fantastic guest Matt Creedon over here that will talk a little bit about music teacher well-being. Introduce yourself, Matt. Tell us a story and tell us what you do. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, my name's Matt Creedon. I'm a music teacher. I've been teaching music since I, well, for 30 years now. Um, I teach most most instruments. Um Usually, uh, and as well as that, I teach um, some sound healing and meditation practices. Um, I'm also a music producer and recording artist and all-round, I guess, musician. I, I pretty much, if someone needs something musical, I'll put my hand up and give it a go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's nice. Yeah, I've become the handyman of uh, muso stuff. (laughs) If everybody sees Matt's profile picture, often you'll see him just sitting there. And I don't want to. I don't want to sound too like observant, but it's you sitting with your camo pants and your green and white T-shirt, surrounded by instruments. Is that still it? (laughs) Yep, yep, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. What's exciting you right now, Matt? Um, What's exciting me right now is uh, doing a lot of uh, healing bowl work and tuning fork work. And so that's um, related to meditation and mental health um, and, yeah, spiritual development and things like that. Um, it's, it's not uh, – it's very open-ended spirituality. It's not, you know, defined towards a religion or anything like that, I'm, you know. Um, so it's, it's really aimed at making people healthier. Uh, less fearful, yeah, um, yeah, more, yeah. Loving, more gentle, um, and and allowing them to live the lives that would they would really love to live, um, rather than feeling as though that they're pressured by some type of standard mm. that they need to live up to. Nice, mm. yeah. So, so you're a music teacher of decades, I believe. Yes. How long have you been doing the the healing and the meditation practices? Has that also been your whole life or more recently? Yeah, so I started my meditation practice 
probably about two years after teaching. Um, so I started teaching when I was 17 and I think I started meditating when I was about 19. Um, right. And mm. yeah, um, it, it's something that I've, I guess I've always kept it going. And um, it always had this fascination with um, essentially getting the best out of myself. And, um, and so I'd heard at a young age that meditation was, you know, a key to unlocking, you know, being, you know, more potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, you know, um, people, uh, you know, family members that suffered from mental illness. Mm-hmm. So it was quite challenging growing up um, in that environment. Mm-hmm. And, um, really thought it was worth my while to go and learn how to meditate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What style of meditation do you follow? So um, I started out doing transcendental meditation, which I still practice, um, but also incorporate other forms of meditation. There's, there's so many out there, right? And yeah, yes. um, I find that it, it's a bit like learning a new instrument. When you learn a new instrument, you you begin to unlock something more about music. You begin to understand music on a, on a deeper level. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think when I learnt the drums, I realised, oh, half of music is rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> right, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I learned the, the piano, I realised, oh, this is a really great instrument to compose on. <laughs> yeah. Because it's set out so easy. Um, mm. and then, um, when I learned to sing, I realized how lovely it felt, um, to sing. Um, and so, uh, then when I worked with other musicians, I had this connection that was like, I now understand what you're doing. And, and I also That's understand, good. you know, from a guitarist's point of view, the, your limitations and, and how yes. to yeah, yeah. work better with a musician rather than going, why can't you do this? <laughs> well, guitarists can be a bit like that, yeah. can't they? Yeah. You know? Very linear thinkers think, yes. and very boxed in. Um, yeah. And that's why I love like the piano as well. Um, myself being primarily a guitar teacher and Wendy primarily also um, being a pianist as well. Um, I think it's nice to borrow from both worlds. Um, mm. And there comes yes. to a point where you're an intermediate learner at guitar or you're an intermediate learner at piano and that really quick crossover will teach you a lot about like inversions and scales and um, really unlock a harmonic context. They are harmonic instruments as well. Yeah. 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 It's, it's highly beneficial. If there's any teachers that are learned that are masterful at a single instrument, and they feel that it won't be of benefit for them to, you know, learn a second instrument. I highly recommend learn a second instrument, mm. learn a third, a fourth, a fifth, learn them all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're a hack at most of them. You know, you. Um, <laughs> at least what I found was that um, when I taught 
uh, the drums. Um, there was this love of teaching that came back because it was all fresh and exciting. And, you know, as the student was learning, I was learning and it was like, wow, okay, this is cool. I'm now excited mm. to show you this because yeah. I'm excited. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I guess when you teach the same instrument over and over and over, sometimes you go, oh, I'm just going to pull this out. <laughs> and you know go through the routine just and habit yeah, yeah yes and then, um, sometimes yeah. bad habits arise from that so yeah I think that or this is a really nice transition point uh, Matt to go into uh, I guess your yeah you've got a really expansive teaching career and now we would like to kind of hear a story of um, that one of those times where it was a bit more challenging as a music teacher um, and I guess like yeah some of the lessons you've learned from it so yeah when you can um, if you can share that that'd be awesome yeah yeah I think the most challenging times I've found when teaching uh, really has to do with um, the understanding of being present or not being present mm. <laughs> and um, it took me a long time to realize where my mind was mm. um, and uh, I, I realized that my mind was constantly in the future mm. you know um, I wanted this child or this adult to be at this next level <laughs> mm. or um, I was constantly looking at the past mm. judging you know stuck in, in judgment of the the student or sometimes myself and and just never really being present what was the impact of that when you realized that you weren't being present yeah when I realized I wasn't being present, it was quite a shock because <laughs> I guess, you know, uh, most people pride themselves on their intellect. Mm. And I, I guess I kind of thought myself to be a pretty smart cookie. <laughs> mm. And then when I realized, oh, I'm completely lost, <laughs> I was, you know, you had those epiphanies. And uh, I had yes. an epiphany that I guess lasted maybe six months to a year. And, um, and that continued to roll out. Um, and, and after a while, it felt like being in a very deep, constant state of meditation. Hmm. Uh, when I realized, really? oh, <laughs> this is what it feels like to be present. <laughs> this is what it feels like to be mindful mm. uh, where you're not caught up in this thought of I want to be someone or I want my student to be someone or happiness is not here yet but it will be once the lesson is finished <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's breaking it down isn't it into those little things that we so often get caught up in of goal setting. Yeah. You know, in this lesson, we have to get through these 
you know, activities and we have to achieve this skill and we have to, you know, do this and that and the other. And it's a, a certain mindset that we're, we're virtually being taught at school. Mm. You have to, you know, these subjects, you have to pass these, you have to go to the next level. And I guess that goes through our culture as well to a large degree with um, even things like video games. You've got to keep getting to yes. the next level, don't you? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, so if you can take that away and go, look, let's just enjoy where we are at the moment. Yes. Then the happiness that that brings is instantaneous, isn't it? Yes. Hopefully. Yes. Hopefully yes. Yes. You're not in a horrible position at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's instantaneous and it doesn't stop. It's like no. the present that keeps giving, which. As long as you can maintain that mindset. Yes. Which is not necessarily easy, is it? Yeah. Yeah. The mind is a bit of a slippery fish. <laughs> yeah. it, uh... it basically needs to be retrained to a degree, doesn't yes. it? If, if you're a goal setting, you know, person, then you reach this epiphany, as you mentioned, and you said six months or, or more. Yeah before you really went oh now I get it yeah you know so there's that whole period of I guess undoing a particular mindset and and retraining your brain and your perhaps changing your lifestyle and so forth to achieve that well-being that you were grasping for and, and weren't even possibly aware that you were missing yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah awesome yeah awesome stuff it was very interesting that you recommended this book um, by Eckhart Tolle, which is that's Power of Now. And when I read that book, mm. um, have you read it, Wendy, or not yet? Yes, I have. Um, yeah, I, I, a few years ago, but Matt re-recommended it to me. And I just remember that whole concept of withitness, which is a big thing, of like trying to be there um, present. But also this concept of no mind, Mm. oh that was really like groundbreaking for me to be like oh what happens if i just detached myself from like from the head yeah living with the heart living with my senses um and that whole thing like and you were talking about it as well in terms of time is um a virtual construct there's mm. only the present and it's only like what you do now <laughs> yes yeah. yes yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, once you get it, it's groundbreaking. It's um, mm. totally life changing. You just, uh, for me, it was I, you know, uh, it was a constant state of bliss <laughs> to be in this. Oh right, this thing that happened to me ages ago that I keep replaying in my head. Yeah, is just nonsense and. If I just stop thinking about it, it's so much better. <laughs> um, or being concerned about, you know, um, level setting and stuff like that, you know. Um, yeah, that, that whole competitive nature, um, you know, I'll be happy once this has happened. I'll be happy once it's Saturday. <laughs> Or I'll be happy once I release this song. Or I'll be happy once this person has completed their last exam. 
Yeah. 100%. And, um, so how did it impact your teaching once you realized all these things, Matt? Well, I guess um, uh, I, I really decided to make each lesson as, as fun as possible. You know, I, I like to think I did my best to make lessons fun in the past. But I think now that I get it, it's like sometimes a student will come in and they're not getting something and they're getting really stressed mm. about the idea that they can't get it. And, you know, it's the simple realisation, you know, when you tell a student, who told you that you had to be sad that you can't get it? and that you'll only be happy once you get it <laughs> and um you know a lot of a lot of kids are really you know stuck on this idea i want to be able to get it because once i get it then i'll be someone of importance or mm. adults will approve of me mm. and so then i'll feel like i've accomplished something mm. And uh, what they don't realize is that that whole mindset is actually what's stopping them from actually being able to achieve whatever it is that they're trying to learn because mm. they're hanging on to this idea that I can't do it, I can't do it, mm. and um, I haven't got it. And when you think about that idea of I can't do it and I haven't got it, well, that doesn't give you an option of being able to do it. Mm -hmm. That just gives you the command of I'm stuck with that I can't do it <laughs> mm, mm. Uh, and then when you take that a step further when you ask them when are you going to be able to do it and they say well I'm going to be able to do it in the future and then when you explain to them that the future doesn't exist and really what they're <laughs> telling themselves is you're never going to be able to do it they go oh really <laughs> So it's that coming back and saying, hey, you're doing the best you can with the tools you've got. Enjoy the tools. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're not up to the level which, you know, that you think you should be. You know, it's like eating chocolate cake. You don't, uh, you know, if you miss your mouth on the second try to get it in, you don't go, oh, I'm going to give up eating chocolate cake. <laughs> you just go, oh, I'll just keep, I'll just keep eating it because it's fun to do. Um, yeah. And then that's it's a great pleasurable. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's more cake to eat. Yeah, it's more cake. <laughs> there's more time to consume it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's such a good look having chocolate cake smeared all over your face. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> that's really cool. Oh, wow. I like that. Did um, your students then have any sort of significant response when you changed the way you were teaching then or was it just a subtle gradual change did you you know lose yeah. students gain students or you know any of that sort of thing I think I've I've uh, got a much better rapport with students now mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. I, bet. I think um, they you know I, I regularly get comments of oh I learned something new or something profound each lesson like Penny's drop for them you know it's it's more that I hang on to students for longer because they feel as though that there's something of importance to learn that's making their life better 
Mm. Um, whereas before, sometimes, you know, when I was teaching some students, you know, it might have been that they didn't really want to be there, but someone had told them that they had to be there. Mm. And so it was like, oh, I'm just going to do the bare minimum just because I have to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's that one thing that um, my, yeah, a little story happened to, um, last week actually where it was, um, I live alone so I can allow one person in a single person's bubble to come um, for to visit me. Um, mm. and, and basically what happened is I chose my guitar student who during lockdown was feeling a little bit um a little bit down and it's been going on for quite a bit uh four months or so um so so i inflated some balloons i wrote his name on it i um um we had a we had a fun lesson and actually two days uh yesterday there was a huge breakthrough because for the first time i think this year he was like i want to learn how to do this i want mm. to learn how to do a solo over a lo-fi beat and I'm like, oh, where did this come from? Did you like my lemon cake? <laughs> 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 and he was like, yes, but I just decided to tell you now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, that's great. Comfortable, obviously. Yeah, 100%. You, you were listening to him. Yeah, great. Yeah. And that's I think awesome. that um, it does lead very well because we do talk a lot about um, looking after other people especially because music teaching uh, teaching of music is that whole giving wings um, and giving flight to someone who um, hasn't had it before um, how mm. do you look after yourself Matt in terms of um, Matt Creedon outside music teaching yeah lots of meditating lots of healing bowl meditations yeah yeah lots of gardening uh, lots of yoga <laughs> Yeah. Uh, lots of hanging out with my family and eating good food. Yeah. Uh, making sure that I keep myself entertained and motivated, but not to the point of um, exhaustion. Mm -hmm. um, it's very easy, I think, to want to, you know, raise the bar. <laughs> oh, I can do this. Now I'm going to raise the bar. I'm going to see how far I can push it. Yeah. And then uh, in that pushing, you go, oh, <laughs> I went a bit far, didn't I? <laughs> I need a bit more sleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, having said that, I actually have found that being more present, I carry far less stress. And so a tremendous amount of energy and, and vita vitality has come into my life. And that's been amazing. I, I, I think I've been experiencing life, uh, far more life than I've ever experienced in that's the last real. year, yeah, than yeah. You know, the last 46, 47 years. So yeah, just when, uh, I guess when I realized about keeping present, then uh, I guess a nice way to think of it is that, you know, our body is a battery. And when you're thinking about being in two places at once, you're really draining the battery much faster. And so when you're only in one place, you're, you've really got far more battery to play with. 
<laughs> yeah. That's really good. Well, it's this has been a fascinating talk when it comes to meditation and when it comes to being present. Um, and I really appreciate you coming on, Matt. Um, just to close off, um, yeah, what does well-being mm. as a music teacher mean to you? Having fun. Yeah. <laughs> Having fun. Yeah, yeah. I think when you're teaching people and learning yourself, there's a lot of drive um, to strive for success, whatever that means, right? Yes. And um, in that, we lose the balance between, you know, like being serious and yeah. just being a bit of a clown. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and you want a bit of both. You don't want to be just, you know, Mr. Serious and drive, drive, drive. Yeah. Um, you want to kind of balance it with a bit of, you know, lighten up and, you know, be a bit silly, have a bit of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, you don't want to look at, you know, <laughs> life being a constant video game of leveling. <laughs> 100%. I totally agree with you there. Mm. Sense of humor is always good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. How can we hear more about you, Matt? You can always have a look at my website and I regularly post on Facebook and Instagram. Um, you can find my music on Spotify. Um, I think with the healing bowls, I'm going to be getting out there and doing some live meditations. I think when things free up a little bit more, we can get a little bit more in person. Yeah. Um, that's uh, one of my next little goals. Um, I think at least I need to find a little natural amphitheater out in a out in a park and allow people to come along and bring their yoga mats and use some healing bowls. Nice idea. That's mm. really good. Matt, thank you so much for coming onto this podcast. Yeah, thank you, Matt. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you'd like to get onto this podcast, please contact us via the email in the show notes below. We would love to talk to you about your stories as a music teacher and build awareness for what is a really important topic in our space. Stay well. Stay musical. We'll see you in the next episode.